and it was it was divine. It was fantastic. Everything she did in the video was triggering my ASMR, and I was like, "This is this is heaven." Who who is this angel? If you've wanted yet feared to do work that is weird, this is the show you just need to hear. Hi, I'm Sam Balter, and this is Weird Work. Today we got shocks, tickles, and tingles. That can only mean one thing. We're talking about ASMR. And when it comes to ASMR, no one does it better than today's guest, Heather Feather. She tells us what it's like to be ASMR, the particular level of shittiness that comes with being a woman on YouTube, and we even make a once-in-a-lifetime ASMR collaboration. I do. Eh, okay. If you like what you hear, and even if you don't, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcast, Radio Public, or wherever the hell you get your daily podcast fix. Now let's listen to them speak about their jobs, which are quite unique. Weird work. So what is ASMR? ASMR is just a, a, an acronym for a really fancy name. Uh, autonomous sensory meridian response. And that really doesn't mean too much, but it <laughs> pertains to the feeling that some people experience when they hear certain sounds or watch someone do something in a certain way. Like when a teacher is tracing a line on a map in school with a pointer, or when someone is coloring something really precisely and they're giving it a lot of attention, personal attention, yeah. stuff like that. And I create a bunch of different videos. Sometimes there will be stories or kind of like mini movies, or sometimes it'll just be a, a kind of like you're hanging out with a friend. And in the videos, I will create different sounds that are used to trigger ASMR that gives them the feeling of tingles or, or good chills. So uh, if, if I'm successful, people will <laughs> relax or smile or laugh or fall asleep. Any of those and in any combination I'm okay with. All of those are good ones. So like when you talk about tingles, what is it like tingling like on your head? Is it like tingling down your back? Like what kind of or are they related to the noises? Well, they're definitely related to the noises. The tingles feel kind of like if you have ever had a, a sleepover. I don't know if boys do this. Where people draw on your back with their finger. Do you, do you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love when people do that. Yeah. I find that incredibly relaxing. It feels fantastic. Or, you know that it looks like a, a deconstructed whisk. It, it's like a metal thing and it looks like a, an octopus and people put it on their scalp. Like the little tentacly metally fellow? Yeah. Um, when you use that <laughs> on your scalp, it gives you like really good chills. Those Those are what tingles feel like. But we can, we, I mean, people who experience ASMR can feel those tingles without having to be touched. We feel it from listening to something. And the tingles, you can feel them in your scalp, the back of your neck. I personally feel it the most in the base of my spine. Uh, some people feel it on their shoulder blades and on the top of their thighs. It could be anywhere. So what got you started? What was the first sort of feeling for you or that you knew you were an ASMR person? I've had ASMR my whole life. I didn't know that I that anyone else ever felt ASMR before until I found YouTube. Um, my whole life, I tried to tell people about it, but nobody really understood it. No one in my family has ASMR. None of my friends have ASMR. Um, and then I used to search videos on YouTube trying to elicit the feeling. 
because I love it. It's a good feeling. What did you search for to get <laughs> to just like, like you didn't know you had it. You didn't know ASMR was the key word. Like, were you just searching fun sounds? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I searched a couple things. I searched makeup tutorials. I also, <laughs> I also searched um, some fetish videos because yeah. there are some fetishes out there. Like hair brushing is a fetish where people would just brush their hair and I'd be like, ah, that's, that's so lovely. But I wouldn't watch it for the fetish intent. I would watch it to pulse sleep. And then- <laughs> so, so you're like, uh, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong here. So you're on like sort of strange porn sites for <laughs> fetishes, and then you're like putting on headphones and going to sleep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then what like transitioned you from falling asleep to fetish websites to like finding ASMR officially? I found a, a nurse role play by a woman named Gentle Whispering, and she was just pretending to be a school nurse. And it was it was divine. It was fantastic. Everything she did in the video was triggering my ASMR, and I was like, "This is this is heaven. Who who is this angel?" You know. And in her description box, she said something about ASMR. So I googled it and I looked it up, and I was like, "Oh my gosh! I found my people. These are my people. Other people feel this, and it's kind of like a like a aha moment, you know, where the light comes <laughs> yeah. down and shines on you." <laughs> and after that, I began searching the term, and, and a, a very small group of people on YouTube were making videos then that catered to trying to get people to feel this feeling. And I fell in love, and I watched videos every single night to fall asleep. I never wanted to make videos. I I never wanted to be a YouTuber or anything. Yeah, what were you doing like when before you just started getting into ASMR? I was in school, and I, I had a couple jobs. And I was very happy. Like my, I had a completely different dream before I started making videos. And I, I had a whole different life trajectory that I was planning on going on. And then it was my birthday. And I was really bored because it was raining outside and it was during the week. And I just had this urge to make a video. I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make an ASMR video. And I filmed this dinky little makeup video because... I, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I had a point yeah. and shoot camera and I balanced it on cat food cans because I didn't have a tripod. And I just did my makeup and I uploaded it to YouTube. And the next day I had six subscribers and I was like, what? Six people want to <laughs> watch me? What? And so I made another video and I began to make videos trying to pay back the people who helped me sleep, like Gentle Whispering, Amal. Visual Sounds, Queen of Serene, the the OGs of ASMR. <laughs> so you don't see yourself as like competing against these people? Uh, Do, no, like, absolutely not. No, not at all. Not at all. No, the ASMR <laughs> community of content creators is substantially tight-knit. I, I know sometimes you'll hear that people will be like, oh, we're all friends. We really are, though. <laughs> Like, do you guys like meet up or do you just like exchange emails like or you do you have like little you know like brudge dates you go on? I've met a couple people, but we all talk regularly, not all I can't say all because now there's thousands of content creators, but yeah, there's a big group of content creators that at least I know of that all speak and they're all in a group and they help each other when things are happening behind the scenes and we try to give each other advice and 
give each other a space to vent when things get creepy, <laughs> you know, stuff like, or, or if a company is trying to exploit our little corner of the internet, we will give each other a heads up and be like, hey, watch out for this one. This is what they're planning. So we, we do try to help each other with tech stuff, with everything, because it, one, it feels much better to be cooperative rather than competitive. But in this little space, it helps everybody because you're sharing viewers, you're sharing ideas, and it's just it's just good all around, you know? So I want to, like, you you are a lady on the internet. I'm a lady. And I, and I assume, and you mentioned that there are, like, a lot of creepy people on the internet. Like, mm-hmm. what is what is that like for you? What is is it troubling? Is it disturbing? Um, for the most part, no. Uh, I'm a child of the internet, so I know wh- generally what's going to come my way being a, a female on the internet, right? I think everybody knows a general sense of what to expect. People are going to tear apart your appearance. People are going to say certain things, and that's kind of expected, and you for better or worse, you become desensitized to that. But there is a very small amount of people who get attached to creators in a way that is super unhealthy, um, be it romantically or completely delusional. Um, for, For instance, there are three or four people who follow me that I know of who are convinced that I'm spying on them through their what? computers. <laughs> oh man, okay, so that like that was a total curveball. I really thought I really thought you were gonna come at me with like marriage proposals or things like oh, that. I, I didn't can, know. I can come at you with those, but like <laughs> there are some people who there's this one individual who writes to me every now and then. He thinks that I am a Google moderator. And then I'm spying on him and I'm sending him messages in my tweets in response to things that he is doing in real life, like watching certain television programs. And he thinks that I have all his information and I'm going to give it to hackers. And he begs me not to. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't even know who you are, bro. You know, <laughs> I don't know anything Dude, about uh, you. That is, okay, that is fucking ludicrous. Uh, I did not expect that to be coming at all. I don't, because like, I'm not, like, I'm not publicly on the internet that much so i don't have strange people coming out at me very often so i don't know these sort of things that's one i wouldn't have expected um i could tell you forever i could tell you stories for hours so so i'm guessing is you know is heather feather really that's not your real name is it no i will never put out my real name if i can keep it private i will because i don't know what someone who's interpreting information in a in a completely wrong way is going to do eventually you know i had my first stalker on youtube was during my first couple months making content and he was convinced that i was meant to be with him and his messages became increasingly more aggressive and they culminated with him saying that he didn't care if if i shot him when he found where i lived he was going to come find me and we were going to be together. Whoa. And that God told him that. And it, it, it does get scary. You don't want, 
you don't chances are these people are not going to do what they say they are but on the off chance that one will you have to try to protect yourself and your family for that matter that's an ever-present thing, I would assume. It is, you know, like always, always in the background when you have like a particularly haunting story. It is, and uh, not just me. Any any ASMR creator, probably male or female, can show you emails that will make you be like, "Whoa, I did not know it could get this dark." You know? Yeah. The way that people get fixated with you, and they never, they don't know you, they don't speak to you. You never met them, but they, in their head, they've met you, and they've formed something with you. And if you go against what they've invented, they get mad or they get obsessed, and it it's, it is scary. Especially with last year, with what happened with Christina Grimmie. She was a an OG YouTuber who had a, a tremendous singing voice and a tremendous singing career. Uh, she was uh, killed by a deranged fan, and that... I remember, like that really hit me. Oh, I, I don't. I didn't even know this girl, and I feel like emotional about it. But yeah, that that could happen. You know, she didn't even know this person. This person formed some kind of mental fixation on her, and he killed her. And with ASMR being what it is, and how it can be so intimate for some people, I I don't. I just, I'm too scared of it, you know? I, I don't know if that makes me stupid or a coward, but I'm too scared to no. do that. That's the the dark side of content creation on YouTube. I, I've watched a couple of your videos. It, it seems like there is some sort of interjection of your own personality or, you know, you do blog and things like that. Like, how do you balance that really restricted privacy versus... Like if you're putting yourself on there as a content creator and you're putting some of yourself into these videos, like how do you strike that balance, I guess? I try to be as transparent as possible in every way that I can without endangering myself or my family. So I will be myself. What you see in the videos is me. It's it's generally the best parts of me because I'm not always calm all the time or, or soft-spoken. <laughs> I just try to put the best me that I can out there and be as real and transparent as possible without violating where I live and who I know. I I take really special care not to show any brands that are specific to the region I live in. I make sure I never post a video with any kind of weather sounds during the time when I'm experiencing the weather, like even just rain. I won't. If I have rain in a video, I'll wait weeks to post that rain video so that no one will know when that rain happened. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. So you take a lot of precautions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot of precautions on the internet. There's there's one thing I want to follow back up on. You mentioned that you put like yourself, you know, your best possible self into your videos. You have a lot of different characters though. <laughs> Like, like, and some of them, my opinion only, you know, some of them seem like legitimately malicious characters. <laughs> like, the candy queen was one. Like that one instantly starts off. She sounds like she's up to something. Um, there is one where you're a tattoo artist and you're like recommending somebody get a face tattoo and you're like, no one ever regrets getting a face tattoo. And I was like, I was like, what is the, you know, like, and now you're telling me like, oh, I put my best possible self out there. I did. 
but I also try to make myself laugh. And I, I take, I draw inspiration from certain things. Like the Candy Queen, she was largely inspired by. Do you remember playing Candyland? Yeah. And there was that really beautiful ice cream queen. Yeah. Her, her look combined with the mother from Coraline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Coraline. Love Coraline. The other mother is super evil in that movie. Yeah. But she's super <laughs> soft-spoken, and you love her, you know, during the film, because you're like, oh, she's giving her everything she wants, you know? She's a great mother, but she's actually a, a spider demon who wants to suck out your soul. So I, I like to play with – I still like to have fun in my videos and play with different <laughs> themes and moral ambiguity <laughs> with characters. <laughs> so does the story start with, like, the, the trigger – or do you generally start with like something like the storyline part of it? I always start with the trigger. Always. So what was Candy Queens? Candy wrappers. Candy wrappers. Okay. So candy wrappers. Okay. Interesting. So you and then and then so you're like, see a candy wrapper. You're like, ooh, that's a nice noise. Then you think about the story. Is that kind of accurate? That's that's hundred percent accurate. And then, okay, so talk to me about, like, the next step. Because people who haven't seen these videos, like, Candy Queen is decked out. Like, she's got, like, all, she's got a crazy outfit, crazy background. How do you go about, like, building those sets, building those costumes? I just try to keep everything as immersive as possible. Because I'm, in addition to being a creator, I'm a consumer, too. And I know what I hate in videos, and I hate when the immersion is broken. So I try to do things that will allow me to keep the video immersive without drowning myself in a ton of extra work. So I do use a green screen for a lot of things. I would love to do live sets eventually because it's just easier editing. Editing ASMR videos is super time consuming and meticulous. A lot of people don't realize how much work goes into completing a video. So is that like, like everybody has kind of this shitty part of their job is editing that for you? It, I don't hate it, but I don't, I definitely don't love it. If I could hire an editor, I definitely would, but I can't because one, you have to pay them fairly <laughs> and I, I'm not at that stage yet, but, and two, I'm really controlling over my own work and I don't know that I could trust somebody else to listen to the amount of audio that they would have to listen to and take out every s pop or abrasive sound that my ears would hear especially if they don't have asmr for somebody who hasn't listened to asmr like the audio is really really crazy <laughs> like it's really intense both in terms of editing and and recording did you, when you were getting into ASMR, do you have a background in sound engineering? I had zero background in anything that would be relevant to ASMR. I had I had my dinky point and shoot camera and cat food cans, and I had to learn as I went. Over the first year of creating content, I went through nine different microphones trying to find something that I would be happy with as a listener, and then I settled on the three DO microphone. Because it's awesome. It, is that the one that looks like a head? It, it looks... No, it doesn't look like a head. It looks like a little box with ears on it. It has little silicone ears on it, and it creates 360 degrees of sound. So if I'm moving next to you on your right side, you will hear me on your right side, and you will hear me move from your right to your left, and it's fantastic. Um, and then 
this last year, I moved so that I could build my own soundproof studio in my home and work from there. And I did that. And it was super hard <laughs> and super expensive. But the results, I personally think, and so far my viewers have expressed that the results are definitely worth it because there's like the lowest sound floor possible. And you can hear everything. Everything's crisp and clean. And you can hear the movement so much more fluidly. It's fantastic. And I love playing with the audio. But everything, editing, the editing software, the equipment, the cameras, I had to learn as I went. And there's no ASMR school to go to for people. Well, maybe there is now. But when I was starting, there wasn't. There was no formula. And you had to. It was just test after test after test. When I when I was looking into ASMR stuff, which I'm very unfamiliar with till doing this, it's you end up at fetish real quick. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was like a couple dropped down and all of a sudden I'm on Reddit, not safe for work ASMR. Like, <laughs> why did it instantly become so easily co-opted by uh, sexual content? Well, OK, I think this is multi-layered in my opinion. I think that when the media began covering it, they saw something that was largely dominated by females and it's females being soft and slow and deliberate. And they thought, hey, that's a bunch of women doing something that we don't understand. That definitely has to be sexual, right? <laughs> if a woman is whispering, that means she wants to have sex with you. Um, yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and then... As with anything, with gaming, with vlogging, when something gets enough traction, sex just becomes part of it. There's There are people who jump in. They're like, I know how I can monetize that. Even better, I'm just going to throw, throw a whole lot of sex in that mess, and it'll definitely sell. Uh, the The amount of ASMR fetish, fetish ASMR-centered videos are super small in comparison to the mainstream ASMR videos. But they're the ones that get a lot of attention because – it's clickbait, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, like I said, I had two clicks and I'm in uh, the Reddit for Not Safe for Work yeah. ASMR. Did you get similar reactions when you started telling, like, friends and family that this is what you do? Were people understanding of it? <laughs> my Yes. My grandma, uh, she's in her 80s, she thought I was doing porn. But she thinks everything on the internet is porn. So... <laughs> When she was like, Heather, are you doing pornography? I was like, no, no, me, mom. Let me and let me show you. And then I drew on her back and I was like, doesn't that feel good? She's like, oh, yes, Heather. And I was like, that's what I'm doing for people, but through their ears. And she's like, oh, OK. And then she began she began sewing costumes for me to use and oh, yeah, <laughs> and finding like little trinkets around her house to use in videos. She's even uh, appeared in one of my videos. She really she, she knits in one. Yeah. She does oh, That's so nice. So everybody was totally understanding of it? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I also um, – I make a point not to show a lot of my body, which I would love to. Honestly, I would love <laughs> to not be afraid to show my body in videos. But I learned very, very quickly that people either invalidate you if you show any part of your body. They're like, oh, you showed your shoulder. You're, you're just doing that to get views. Or they'll just rip apart your appearance, no matter what. I mean, p there are people who rip apart my fingers. 
What? So I, it, it's, it's been a hard line to navigate for me personally because it's not pleasant. Even though you know it's coming, it, it, it's not a pleasant experience to have people break down your existence pixel by pixel. I'm, yeah, that's yeah, that's very very bizarre to have to balance like each body part you potentially show. <laughs> um, so, so you started on point and shoot. Now you're up to like home studio. Yeah. What what is what is success in like five years for you? Like every normal job has like what's your five year plan? Like where do you see yourself with ASMR in five years? <laughs> beautiful thing about ASMR is that it's super versatile. So you can put ASMR into anything and, and it'll still trigger people if you do it the right way. So if I could do live sets, I would love to do something sci-fi or fantasy where I'm on a different planet or in space or something. Like something really big, like a large scale type of thing where I can create all the sounds that are in my imagination and bring it to life visually in the way that they are in my head. But also, you're going to see ASMR in tons of things. I'm writing, I'm publishing a children's book, and I'm going to make the audiobook for it ASMR-ish as well. So I'm going to be doing something mainstream with an ASMR twist to it, and hopefully that will broaden our little corner of the internet. You're going to see it in movies. You're going to see it in commercials. You're going to see it across basically every form of media because it's already started happening. And do you think you're going to keep the Heather Feather brand and name throughout all of these things? Um, if I can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I, can. I I don't want to be I've never wanted to be a YouTube celebrity, I guess is what you, they're called now. I I never wanted yeah. to be famous or anything. I just want to create and help people. The first year that I was creating content, I was contacted by one of the top three news channels yeah. for an interview and they wanted to come to my house and I said no because I didn't want to not have control over what they showed. I didn't want them to show my home or pictures of my family in my home. Things, anything that could jeopardize my safety really. And yeah. the woman, the reporter who's on TV, like this is a woman... <laughs> Like that I watched and respected. She was like, oh, hun, I speak to real celebrities all the time. I know what I'm doing. And it was kind of like. Damn. I was what like, the fuck, dude? Okay, well then. <laughs> That's so rude. It was so, it was so <laughs> weird because I felt like she was like peer pressuring me to break, you know, my boundaries. And, and it was horrible. And then I, I declined still. And she said. I thought you wanted to help people. I was like, oh, this is not this is not the life I want. I don't want this. So I That sounds like some uh, that sounds like some mean girl shit. It is, like, right? <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, like that's just like pressuring you into doing something and like, guilting you. Like that's some high school drama stuff. But when I when I told my family and friends, they were like, Why didn't you do it? I was like, I I'm not I don't want that. I don't that's not what I'm trying to do. And I know that there are some people who think I'm an idiot for passing up some of the opportunities that have come my way. Because I do pass up uh, quite a lot of things I think a lot of people would be thrilled to do. But I personally am not comfortable with it. Okay, so like if I'm net new at ASMR and and wanted to try it and start 
creating something. Mm-hmm. Like what what advice would you give me? Uh number one, don't use your real name. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell yeah, people okay. where you live. <laughs> okay. Okay. Don't tell people where I live. Okay. Do everything I can to keep away from creeps. All right. What what about other things that I might want to know about? Don't spend the money on the equipment until you get a handle of how much work goes into making videos. I think a lot of people think it's uh, way easier than it is. I would say use your phone, use whatever you have in the beginning and make the videos and see how that feels. See if you still like it because it is work. It's not all fun all the time. And if you find that you love it, then keep going with it and then invest more. Also, do not try to please everyone because you won't. You will never please everyone. If you take a ton of requests, you will let people down. And I say do what you love, do what makes you happy, and you'll attract the right kind of audience who are happy with what makes you happy. And that will make your experience so much better than trying to please everybody. Because if you do, you will burn out so fast and you'll hate it and you'll just quit. I mean, I think that's a beautiful sentiment. Do two people ever do ASMR? Because it's always one person. Is there ever like two people doing them together? Oh, yeah. There's there's been tons of collabs. We love collaborating in our community. It's fun. Can can we can we try one? Is that is that a possibility? Me and you? Yeah, right now. Is that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so I, I was, I was looking around for things that make noises that I like. Okay. I'm not. I would listen to the videos. Unfortunately, I don't think I'm an ASMR person, but I do really enjoy the sound ping pong balls make. Okay. So, so did, can we, can we do that? Would that be okay? Yeah, let's do it. You're the expert, so I'll just tell you what I have in front of me. Okay. I have a table, a pen, paper, a glass of water. And two ping pong balls. That's actually really good. You're gonna do great. Okay. Okay. So what? How? How do we start? How do we start here? If we're just doing sounds. Hold the paper and the pen as close to your mic as possible, and write okay. "hello, whoever." Just write real words. Don't just scribble. Okay.
that's basically it. You just make a bunch of sounds and see what works for people. Well, thank you, Heather. That was very fun making an ASMR sound, even though I did a terrible job. Oh, you did great. Thank you. (laughs) Ha! Look, it's me again. You thought it was over. I'll give you one guess what I'm about to ask. Oh, yeah. It's to subscribe to this podcast. If you do, I'll love you forever. Unless your name's Ira Glass. Okay, thanks.